Dano here, uh, sitting all alone in the Four Finger Discount podcast studio. Mitch is currently away on his golf trip. I hope he's going very, very well. I'm just here to give you guys a quick heads up that we mentioned last week on the podcast that this review for 22 short films about Springfield, we actually recorded this a long, long time ago. I think it was even before we started writing our book. So this is well over a year ago. I actually haven't gone back and listened to it. I hate going back and listening to our podcast. Uh, once I've edited them, uploaded them, they're done. They're gone. I never. I hate listening to my own voice. So apologies if there's any dated references in there or if there's anything that might sound odd. The reason it sounds odd is because it was recorded well over a year ago. So apologies for that. But I'm sure it's a great review. This is my favorite episode of all time. Anyone who's purchased our book, Homer's Odyssey and a Bigger Simpsons Guide will know that this is my favorite episode. It has everything that I want in a Simpsons episode. It's just so great. It really, this is for me the one episode that truly encapsulates just how large the Springfield universe is. By this point, you can have stories about any character on the show and it's just so damn entertaining. So sit back and enjoy our review of 22 short films about Springfield. Mitch will be back next week, I'm sure, with plenty of hilarious stories about his golfing trip. But for now, enjoy the show. See you next week, guys. Cheers. This episode of Four Finger Discount is brought to you by Big Roddy's Rip and Rib Shack, Brisbane's home of delicious barbecue. Roddy's Rib Shack is one of Brisbane's favourite barbecue places. They serve up delicious food, not only ribs, but they do great burgers, they do veggie burgers, so they cater for all sorts. And you'll save 10% off your food and drinks bill with the code, it's a secret. Roddy's Ribs is also available for group bookings and functions. Head to bigroddysribs.com to find out more. You know, these hamburgers are quite similar to the ones they have at Krusty Burger. <laughs> oh, no. Patented Skinner Burgers. Old family recipe. For steamed hams. Yes. Yes, and you call them steamed hams despite the fact they are obviously grilled. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Quotes and Nobody Gets Any More Facebook page, nohomers.net and popculture.com.au. I am Dando. I am Mitch. I'm starting to get used to saying it now. Popculture, popculture.com.au. More than getting used to saying it, apparently. They're new sponsors. Pop culture, pop culture, pop culture. Yes, new that sponsors. That again was pop culture. P-O-P-C-U-L-T-C-H-A, popculture.com.au. They are new sponsors of Four Finger Discount. Thanks for listening. Oh, thanks for pledging, because that's the only way you're getting access that's to this. That's the only way you're listening to this one. Special premium Episode review of 22 short films about Springfield, Dando's favourite episode of The Simpsons of all time. Is it really? It honestly is. I know you've said that, but I just it, it just is. surprises me. Why? Because we've been talking a lot about the way that The Simpsons verged towards the wacky through season four, and like after Marge versus the Monorail in particular, and you sort of saying about how the older school Simpsons are the ones that you like the most because they tell a story, and this one tells no story. When I say wacky, though, I mean unrealistic is what I don't like. I always go say, I don't like it when it becomes un- to the point of the... Uh, so this is realistic, is it? What's unrealistic about it? Well, Homer being able to rip off Maggie's one piece in the uh, thing. That's I'm talking about... Le- I always go back to like Mr. Burns the entire, his body. The entirety of Springfield's population ending up in the Springs, uh, Simpsons kitchen while trying to get bubblegum out of Lisa's hair. It's not, but it's not... Bumblebee Man's house falling down around him. That could happen. And his wife. Had to give ill divorce papers. I just love the. I just. I don't know what it is. You know, you just sometimes you can't explain things. I've, yep. I've always loved this episode. Fair Twenty-two short films. What's your favorite episode? Uh, at least a substitute. Yeah, yeah. I see. I don't get that. It's got heart, man. <laughs> just throwing it back at you. <laughs> but what did you think about twenty-two short films? What did you like about it? Because apparently, you don't like anything about it. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like anything about it. I'm just saying I'm surprised that it's your favorite. I, I think I just love the uniqueness of it because they never. I felt they should have done this as a regular thing. Like a, an annual thing, like, like Treehouse of Horror. Mm, hard it, to write. Yeah, I guess well, they had a lot of different writers doing it. I know it would have it would have been hard to write to sort of figure out ways to blend all the stories in, but they could have done it. it just, it's just it's something different because I've always had the idea, well not always, but the last couple of years, and I've pitched this to you and you've said it wouldn't work, but the short sort of five-minute segments, that's what The Simpsons would do really well in modern day. Rather than be a 30-minute show, obviously keep doing it because it makes money from advertisement, but if they had a five-minute web series each week where it was just a, a spin-off of Skinner and whatever, or well, you like the um, Skinner and Wiggum spin-off, right? As in their segments. Yeah, their segment. Yeah. Make that like a five-minute segment each week. Like per season, you have a Skinner one, then you have a, a Krusty one, then you have a Bob one, then you have a whatever. Different episodes for different characters yeah. each week. I think it would work really, really well. It'd be fun. 
um, what I do like about the episode is that it really sells the fact that Springfield as a whole is its own little universe by this point, and it's in a way their way to really enjoy that and to show that lives do go on outside of what's happening within the family rather than, yep. you know, all being uh, centred around the family as protagonists or sometimes antagonists to Springfield. So, it's you know, it's cool that, you know, when you're not looking at them, that Skinner still has a life that happens. Yeah. that's that, There's an element of that that I really like about the show. It's funny as hell. I should get that out uh, very early from start to finish. It's just nonstop laughter. I think the reason it worked really well too was because every segment was kept so short and sweet. Mm. It didn't outstay its welcome. The longest segment would probably be the Skinner one. Now, I always, I never... The longest re- unbroken segment. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that's the only unbroken one, I think. Is there any one other ones? Oh, Dr. Oh, well, Nick? Um... Dr. Nick's unbroken. Yeah, Dr. Nick, his his is isolated just but, to his own little thing. But anyway, as I said, everything's just kept Cletus. short. And, yes, yeah, everything's kept short and sweet, and yeah, it just it works really well. Twenty short films, absolutely love it. So, now, did you, I'm presuming it did come up in your research. Did you un- find out where it was inspired by? Yeah, or what do it was you inspired want to by? Yes, I, I I would like to pretend that I've done some work. It was inspired by the segment at the end of the season four episode, The Front. Mm-hmm. For people that don't remember that, that episode ran short and they threw in a little sketch about, uh, is that everybody loves... Everyone, everyone else loves Sorry, Ned everyone. Flanders. Yeah. Not me. Um, everyone who counts. <laughs> <laughs> Are you boys getting ready for church? No, Daddy. Well, why not? It's Saturday. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- and anyway, so that sort of triggered the idea that, oh, well, let's do some little sketches about everyone else. It's ironic, I found, that that started because of an episode that ran short. Yep. And then an ep- this episode ran long and they had to lose some segments. I'm telling you, that shit would work so well on Facebook. If they made like one minute clips like that and just whacked it on Facebook fresh stuff, it would work, man. I don't understand why the Simpsons page on Facebook doesn't share the clips. No, they probably make no money off it. What? what? Social media is like the best marketing tool in the world these days for shows like that. Do the Simpsons need to be marketed? Yeah, They're like no, Coke or the, Pepsi the Simpsons or don't Jesus. Care. They just don't yeah. care anymore. They don't, they don't need someone. Like, <laughs> they don't need oh, my advice. Fuck off, Dando. We don't need your advice. What's this? I wonder who the Simpsons are. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Mickey Mouse at this point. Yeah, exactly. You got some trivia? Uh, yeah, well, limited trivia. Because the okay. segments were so short and sweet, it was difficult to really sink my teeth into anything. So, okay. But I do have a couple questions mm-hmm. for you. What are some of the forms of payment not accepted? When I say some of, what are all of the forms of payment not accepted at the Quickie Mart? I don't even remember that. And that's because it was less than a second on the screen. Oh, so it was just like on the side of the <laughs> desk or something. Was it was it? on the it's Cash on the front counter, okay, little yep. whip pan across. Yep. Um, Apu does not accept checks, credit cards, or food stamps. Well, food stamps, okay. That's a little bit heartless. Yeah. <laughs> How much? Get out! Get out! You welfare scum! How much is a case of duff at the Quickie Mart? I'm assuming slab. We call it slab. Maybe yeah. Let's call it a case. Case. Um. There are certain states of Queensland, of uh, Australia, namely Queensland, that will call it a carton. Just okay. point that out. Um, never agreed with that personally. I've heard carton before, yeah. I feel like the only thing that comes in carton is milk. And they call fish, something in fish and chips they call wrong as well. Uh, scallop potatoes instead of potato cakes. So potato cakes. What yeah. the hell? Uh, Doesn't matter. Anyway, it's a backwards country. Um, so backwards how, state. How much do you think it is? $19.99. Okay, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go to the Quickie Mart. Oh, this is so painfully obvious. I can't even believe I wrote it down. Where is Chalmers from? Oh my god! Ah, I'm from. Oh fuck! What does it tell me? Utica. Of course, I'm it from is. Utica, and I've never heard it. Just That's have, an Albany expression. Let's just have one of those mental blanks. <laughs> I feel so dirty. <laughs> what does the chef's apron say at the party that a poo goes to? Ah, uh, oh, no. Nah. In my next life, you're cooking. Ah, that's good because of Hindu belief of multiple lives. Yep. Yeah. Hey. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, another question. Look at me showing my religious kind of um, what's the word? Diversity. Yes. Is that is that all the questions you got? You got more? No, that was literally okay, all cool. that I That's came cool. up with. Uh, what is he cooking on the barbecue? Uh it was. What, wasn't a tofu dog? Yeah, tofu dog. It was tofu dogs. Yep, tofu yep. dogs. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, because it's a poo. Uh, name of the sh- well, name- well, Hindus in general. Yeah, I was not, say, not yeah. just a poo. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> what is the name of the cheese whiz that Homer uses to try and write the, the letter to save Maggie, uh, the brand? Cheesy does it. Yeah. <laughs> what does the barber have a picture of on his wall when he's doing Lisa's hair? Uh, give me a clue. It's Krusty doing something. Oh, no. Krusty with a drum and he's broken it. Like a, like a bongo. Okay. Yeah, it's got the big rip in it. Yep. Uh, it's very strange to have that on the wall, but anyway, I noticed it there. Barber's obviously a fan. Yes. What colour is the tall man's car? Like a uh, orangey brown. Orange, yep. I'll take orangey brown. Thank you. And the survey says... <laughs> 
How many? <laughs> Actually, we'll go. Sorry, not service. Comes we'll, up. We'll brown. go to. The, we'll go to the judges. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part part of the Price is Right when someone would throw a question out, and Larry Price M. Is right. What? Yeah, that would happen sometimes. Or a Sale of the Century. Sorry, Sale yeah, of the Century. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? They'll go to the judges and. Who used to host? Was it Tony Barber hosted at one point? He did for a while, and then it was oh, it started with G. Was it Gary? Someone doesn't matter. Continue. Doesn't matter. But like they just sort of they'd lean against the desk and make small talk. Yes, <laughs> while the judges conferred. It was Greg someone. Anyway, it was a great show. I used to love it. It reminds me of going to my great aunt's house because she would always watch it. Anyway, mm. and finally, how many inches of bulletproof glass was Mo behind? Ooh, six, three, three. Damn. Jeez, it doesn't seem like much, but anyway, well, do a, your worst. That's pretty thick glass. Anyway, so few facts about the episode. The idea originated, as you said, from the Ned Flanders uh, segment from the front. Uh, the episode had 11 different writers. Now, to, to decide who would write each segment, they all chose their top three favorite characters and put them into a hat. The names were then drawn out and the writers were assigned their parts. Okay. Seems like a logistical way of doing it. <laughs> like how all great art is created. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Phil Hartman guest starred as not only Lionel Hutz, but also the hospital board chairman. Yes, I knew that. Yep. Uh, I'm not, this, I'm not, you're supposed to know these things. I'm not challenging you. I've just, you know, I had to say something. <laughs> to fill the gap. It's, it's a two-way conversation here, and I had nothing to add. The steamed ham scene with Skinner yeah, and Chalmers that. is made up of three. Is made up of a string of thirteen inter, interconnected lies. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Apparently, Skinner drops thirteen bombshells in that one scene. We should do like a little um, YouTube Clip. video with a count. Yeah. Like a bing, ding, yeah. ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, due to time constraints, several stories had to be cut from the episode, such as an elaborate fantasy segment revolving around Marge, as well as a scene starring... Oh, yeah. I, well, you've done that thing where I wrote... I wrote that in later where it was going to become relevant, but we'll save that. Okay. And there was apparently going to be one about Lionel Hutz, which I'm shattered they didn't include. Is it a special feature on the DVD? Because I didn't check it out in the DVD. Not that I saw. Oh, man, I'd love to see it. Maybe they never they actually might not have got it. to the time yeah. of doing it. Yeah, if you know you're running over, what's the point? Obviously, and uh, the crowd on the street who laugh at Nelson at the end includes caric- caricatures. I always have trouble with that word of Matt Groening, Bill Oakley, and Josh Weinstein. Mm, very rare that they get themselves squeezed in. Yeah, I didn't notice Matt Groening. I'll have to go back and check it out. But apparently, it says Matt Groening as well. I did notice the two writers though, the showrunners. So the original air date was April fourteenth, nineteen ninety six. There was no chalk. It was just straight into just it. Just straight because into Because it was so much content in the one episode. They had not enough time. Uh, Some major time discrepancy issues throughout the episode, by the way. In what sense? What do you mean? In the sense that Barton Millhouse is squeezing ketchup and mustard over the side of the bridge at the beginning and at the end, but they're also in many different locations throughout the day. Yeah, you're right. They are too, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, I didn't really, never which, even noticed that. leads me to think that the 22 short films, short stories, may have occurred over different days, different times. We're getting a melange... Of that, Springfield history. Yeah, but that opening scene, that could have happened any other day. What what we actually saw the, could have happened in one day, but the opening segment, because it fades to no, black. Because the conversation carries on. Because the opening starts oh, about right, them talking about the stories. Oh, and sorry, I'm sorry, convertible. Yep. You're right. Yep, yep, yep. Well played. So it kicks off, as we said, with Millhouse and Bart squirting like sauce and mustard and onto cars. Yeah. I would be Don't furious. Do <laughs> I would be furious if someone did that to me. Awful behavior. The damn burst shit again. <laughs> Con <laughs> Air reference. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's subtle for anyone that was struggling to find out why that got said. Uh, as you said, a fa- body fell from the sky. <laughs> Alrighty, so Face the Black comes back. There's 22 short films. I think there was meant to be 22, but obviously they ran out of time, so they cut certain ones, as we said. Well, it's also a reference to a film. Um, 22 short. Uh, oh, who was it about? 22 short stories about somebody or other. Okay, cool. As the, the name of the that. film title. No one would have known that. It's a really obscure movie that no one in the world has seen. Millhouse wasn't paying attention. I saw a convertible. Obviously, no roof. Prime target. And we get the first story and it is Apu, the Jolly Bengali. Oh, sorry. The other thing structurally that's great about that scene between Bart and Millhouse... So I do have notes, and I do uh, pay attention to them. I never once accused you that you didn't. No, just for the listeners. I feel like sometimes <laughs> I come across as if I haven't done anything. Um, it's a vitally necessary scene, to uh, the conversation that they have, to set up the fact that this episode's going to have a different structure. If they didn't have that little segment, you couldn't have just started an episode and dove into a poo, and then moved to the next story, moved to the next story, moved to the next story, because your viewers would be like, what the fuck is going on? I can't follow this. But because they have that little chat about, oh, I'm sure everyone has a story, then you can go do what you want. Yep, that's a good point. So as we say, That's why it's important to set your DVR two minutes before the episode starts. So you don't miss the intro. Or if you're watching something live, make Mm. sure you add 20 minutes to the end. Yes. Because it always runs over. Or 
don't talk through the opening credits of the movie. Don't skip through. We're watching hate, watching hate for late. Nicola goes, "Oh, they're going long. Can you skip through?" I said, "No, no. It's setting the mood. Exactly. It's setting the mood. Yes. <laughs> That's a community service announcement from Four Finger Discount. <laughs> the starts are vital. Sanjay invites a poo to a party. Pretty much, a poo says, "Oh, I can't. I can't." He sucks him in. Says, "Come on, you got to do it." For the next five minutes, I'm going to party like it's on sale for nineteen ninety nine. I like the um the line it just the, just because it's funny in that accent. It would ne- it wouldn't work in any other accent. Not that not the on sale. The you need some merriment. <laughs> really like that merriment is a good word. It doesn't get used often. It doesn't enough. sound funny by us. Sounds funny by Sanjay. Yeah. <laughs> so they're rushing into the party and basically rush. Uh, Pooh's just like, give me the tofu dog, no time to eat or whatever, no time to... No time for it to cook, it will plump up in my stomach. Has a drink. Has Slams a, drink, a beer. Yeah. Um, has a dance with the girl. How good is his dance? I thought boop, 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 boop. Well, before that, the, how, do, how he spots that she's Oh, only arranged to be no married. No ring, only arranged to be married. And uh, Dancing to which song? I don't know, what is it? Um, I don't know if it's a real song, but Freakazoid. Okay. I'm the Freakazoid. Is that what he says? I, yeah. I never ever knew what he was actually saying yeah. there. But he sings it out of tune to the song. That's why yeah. it annoyed me. It yeah. just bothered me. The OCD, yeah, I'm like, I, love sing it. I hate it when people do that. They sing the song. Why you is a poo going to have perfect pitch? I know, it's fine with that. But in real life, I hate the fact when people, you listen to a song and they feel like they have to say the line, say two seconds before it comes out, just to prove, I know the line's going to come oh, out next. Oh, yeah, that bugs me. Or, or just sing it in time. Yeah. Or like, say there's a song where someone holds a really great note and you just want to listen to that note. Like you've both listened to it specifically to do that. Halfway through that note, oh, how good is that note? Yeah. Well, I just, well, well, now I feel like I have to go back to the start of it again. <laughs> I hate it when the girls that you're with, particularly Nicola, she knows she can't sing, but she does it just to annoy me. When she like, someone hits the high notes in the song, yeah, she'll just do it over the top. And I'm like, that's my favorite part in the song. And I can't fucking hear it yeah. because you're singing too it's loud. It's so annoying. But it's even worse at concerts. Yes. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I understand you got to have a good time, but I've paid good money. So you, yeah. but you're not as important. Well, this, well, that's the thing. Like, it, this is Daniel Kitson has a great bit about this, where he went to a Benfolds gig and it was ruined by two people behind him, like a, that were clearly on a date, and the guy just kept trying to talk. He's like, for two hours, you are the least important person in this room. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. So where are we? So he's at the party. You only arranged to be married. Has sex with her. Don't worry. I'll tell everyone you are untouchable. <laughs> he's such a sex bomber, poo, isn't he? Such a bachelor. Hell, wow. Just come down and know, what, what's funny is you've never, ever, I don't think we've ever seen him like, oh, maybe we have before this point, but we've still just skipped, I don't know. We've skipped so far ahead I've now. I've never seen anyone turn it around in five minutes. Yeah, that is like, true. That, that's poor. Have we seen him as a party animal up to this point? I'm trying to think up to season seven. Not that I'm aware of. The first time I can remember is when he gets arranged to marry Manjula mm. and he's the, living the bachelor lifestyle. Anyway. Knocks everyone into the pool. Everyone's happy. Everyone everyone's laughs, having a good time. And then he, off he goes. Yes, goes back. Same time next year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. High five. Goes back. Molman. Classic. Mm. You wasted four minutes of my life and I want them back. Oh, I'd only waste them anyway. I thought it was great though that he came back with one minute to spare and then they had Molman say, you wasted yeah. four minutes of my time. Yeah, it was really well done. Transitions. How did Molman get in the store? He, he was already, locked he, him in there. He was already in there. Yeah, yeah. he locked him in there. Yeah. I, I, what I liked about this episode was the unique ways that they transitioned to the next scene. But mm. this one was the radio. So uh, the yeah, I playing. did really like the radio cut. That yeah. was great. Um, now, this is where... Oh, that's right. The uh, radio ad was for Gorman's Ear Guards. Yeah. Um, Guard your ears. So this is the moment where Marge was going to have her elaborate fantasy. And without it, it actually makes Marge really off character in this sequence because she's just standing at the um, sink looking so jaded and so bored and doesn't give a shit about Lisa's problem. Like, if you listen to the acting from Julie, it's uh, clearly that was supposed to come off of the back of her having this elaborate fantasy and then she comes back to reality. She's like, oh, oh this is dull. Um, I, I was in, I found, I was watching, like, oh, shit, that's weird. And then afterwards I found out that that scene had been deleted. I'm like, oh, that would obviously explain why. Because uh, otherwise, it Marge... Does, it does make... Yeah, because it sort normally of Normally, Marge wrong, loves being a homemaker. But here, for like the first time ever, she just doesn't really... She's not into it. That does make a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah. It's because he's sort of thinking, why is Marge not wanting to be a mum here? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well done. So Insights like that that you pay a couple bucks a month for, guys. Exactly. Is that from the audio commentary? Did you learn that? No, I didn't learn it. I just put two and two together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking... Genius. Y'all learned it from Genius me. Genius at work. <laughs> So Lisa wants to recycle Homer's can. Was he throwing him at the TV again or something? Hmm. And uh, she goes to put it in the bin, but throws the bubble as he said, Bart's no longer on the bridge. So he throws his chewing gum. Yep. And it lands on Lisa's hair. I like that it wasn't intentional from Bart. He was actually doing the right thing. He's trying to put his chewing in the bin. But the bin wouldn't have been opened. Uh, yeah. 
Minor details. He saw it was open. He thought I'd go he for it. He saw it was open. Went boom. <laughs> he didn't see Lisa there. That's the point. So this is where we have Marge, and this is where she's not giving a shit, basically. Yeah, like that. I've got chewing gum on my hair. It's like, maybe it's just shampoo. Sure that washes right that out. That washes right out. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I thought Yardley's voice was so irritating here. It was meant to be, but it's just yeah. Lisa's... I feel like towards season seven, Lisa's complaining voice just gets more screechier and yeah, high-pitched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then she tries to use peanut butter. And mayonnaise. Combination of peanut butter and mayonnaise. Does not work. <laughs> Lisa's I smell like a sandwich. I'm an idiot. So she, well, obviously, she gets attacked by bees. Yeah. I wrote attacked by bees. <laughs> Why not? Subliminal <laughs> Freudian slip in my notes. Another cool transition with the bee. So it flies yeah. away. And I like the point of view shot that you get of the yeah, bee. Yeah, I like the point of view shot. It's like some of the best parts of The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. The, the little bit. touch of going to the Bumblebee Man That was well. my favorite bit. Yeah. yeah. Bumblebee Man just giving a look of knowing. Yeah, and it, it doesn't attack him. It just yeah. sort of looks at him. It sort of yeah. pauses on him for a minute. Hey, you look like me. Then it keeps yeah. flying off. And then it goes on to Smithers' eye. This is one of my favorite segments in the whole episode. It's so good. Yeah. Burns is the way he reacts to the situation is just so Burns. <laughs> Burns sitting there reading a magazine with his feet up on Smithers' <laughs> back. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it's, we've lost forward momentum. <laughs> I, I think of all of it like uh, perhaps you could pedal. Uh, sorry, perhaps you could pedal, sir. Quite impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Smithers, the, he's he's such a servant for Burns. Like he's yeah. just there to the end. He, he, he's sort of saying. I, it's probably best that I don't. I will do it if I have to, but it's probably yeah. best that I don't because they cause me to die. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then Burns... I'll just bat him off. Yeah. Smacks it straight into his eye. Yeah. Instantly puffed out. And the, the acting from uh, Shira is just priceless in this. Yeah. Just the way the... <laughs> like the, the groan. Oh, it's so great. Every insult that Burns yells out here was historically correct. Yeah. What does he um, say? I well, I, I let's play I, the clip. I didn't. Yeah, Smithers, you infernal ninny, stick your left hoof on that flange now. Now, if you can get it through your bug-addled brain, jam that second mythic clodhopper of yours in the right doodad. Now, pump those scrawny chicken legs, you stuporous funker. So the writers actually went through a 19th century thesaurus to wow to be able to make sure that they were using the words in their proper context. I know this sounds geeky, but how satisfying would it be? To be that writer, then watch the episode and knowing that everything is correct. Yeah. Oh, and then some amazing. 20 years later, two guys are going, hey, did you know that everything's correct there? Yeah. <laughs> They're still getting the we recognition. Know. We know. So basically, Smithers is just absolutely destroyed here. And just the way you just, like I said, Burns just yells, you expect Burns is going to help? Yeah. No, not going to yeah. help him at all. I love that, the, again, from the acting from Harry, the determination in Burns' voice when he gives the, the only way I know how. Like it's, oh, something's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Get that foot on the <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it's one of my favourite Burns and Smithers moments ever it's just mm. so great so they're both and the fact that he's exhausted when he arrives yeah from yelling from yelling out yeah. too much and then they both crash the guys grab Burns and not Smithers yeah. and then Dr. Nick walks in holy smokes you need booze <laughs> <laughs> the only thing about this is you never actually see what happens to Smithers yeah it's probably better that way I guess yeah just leave it open yeah not, yeah, everything, I mean, not everything needs a complete ending. Eventually, someone will have come yeah. to his aid. Well, that, that's the thing. Like you said, the thing about this episode is it's not, not really in canon, is it? Um, well, nothing happens that necessarily has to be out of canon. Like, there's no long-standing ramifications of anything. Maybe by season seven, someone eventually comes along with an epipen and he's okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, for example, just say after the Rex Banner episode, right? You know, he gets catapulted away. Mm. He could be in the next episode, and you wouldn't even bat an eyelid. I think yeah. by season seven, season eight, no one cared anymore. Yeah. You know. So then we get the Dr. Nick uh, segment. Much funnier than I remembered it being. It was, yeah, it was good. I like the tone in particular. Like the direction in this scene was very good. Yeah. Um, kind of like a, well, not specifically ER. I, well, I say that just because I haven't watched enough ER to know, but it just really has that medical docudrama. Yeah. Docudrama? We'll I don't take it. I think they exist in the <laughs> 90s. <I've> just, <laughs> but medical dramas. So uh, he goes to the medical review board. As we said, Hartman's doing the voice for this guy. Um, he's in trouble for using his knife and fork from a seafood restaurant. Yeah. But I cleaned him with my napkin. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing about Dr. Nick is he knows what he's doing is wrong. He never denies. But he tries to justify everything. Yeah. It's just what makes it so great. There's a crazy man with a scalpel in ER. He's demanding to see a quack. I don't know why, but I love it when they refer to doctors as quacks. Yeah, right. I think it's in the Muppets growing up. They used to have this thing called um, 
Muppet Pet, so- Pet, Pet Hospital or something. Mm-hmm. There's always a, a quack who's gone to the dogs. And it's just reminds me of talking about, I think of quack, I think of the Muppets. I don't know why. Anyway, so then Dr. Nick comes to save I the love day. the seriousness. The determination. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. He still says hi, everybody. But in that tone, yeah, it's so great. And then he's, his symptoms for Grandpa. Mm. Slow down, sir. You're going to give yourself skin failure. Okay. Now, the symptoms you describe point to bonus eruptus. It's a terrible disorder where the skeleton tries to leap out the mouth and escape the body. No, you're talking. He eventually saves Grandpa. Oh, does he save him? Well, he calms him down by electrocuting <laughs> Yeah, he, he resolves the situation. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so... And offers for everyone free nose jobs. <laughs> and then, obviously, another great transition. The light With the lights the blinking yep. from all of the ele- uh, electrocution. Yes. Uh, then we get to Moe's. And he's saying how he's sent to NASA for... Now, are we supposed to believe that he actually did send away? Or is this just meant to be a scheme to get money out of money? No, it's just a scheme. Just the, a scheme, The yeah. grin on his face when he turns around to I the know that, but it's, why waste so much paper? Just well, to, you've got to sell the you got to sell it. <laughs> you can't just rock up and go, NASA said it's this. So, um, yeah, so how much is it, How much does he say it's going to cost you? $70 billion. $70 billion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, but I like here too... 2000 bucks. Well, it's halfway there. I like that Barney didn't believe him at first. Yeah, we all had a good laugh, Mo. Yeah. Now, now that reminds me always of a Fox 8 commercial. They used to always use clips from this episode when they okay. were saying, The Simpsons at 6 o'clock, weekdays on Fox 8. And it was always clips from this episode. And oh, okay. it always ended with Barney saying, We all had a good laugh, Mo. And all the Simpsons fans in Australia geeks will remember that, I reckon. So, but you never had Foxtel, though, did you? Did Not you back f- then, though. Okay, no. So then, basically, he's obviously, he's ripping him off. Then Snake bursts in, kicks the door down. Mo. Doesn't try to help Barney at all, just <laughs> straight behind the glass. Sorry, while you were just carrying on with, with describing the actual things. The disdain in your eyes, or not disdain, the pity in your eyes, as you looked down at me and went, oh, you didn't have Foxtel then, did you? Just prompted me in my own head. That's because we can't converse about something because you didn't... Ex- okay, but I was like, oh, you, you poor other, no, si- no, 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 other no. side of the tracks grinted and no, 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 Foxtel it's, growing it's up. Because oh, it, it's better when we both remember shit like that. Okay, but I need to sing off the back of it because in my head, I was just giving the... I'm just a poor boy. I have no pay TV. Anyway, that'll be <laughs> I'll leave you. That'll be in my head for the next three hours. <laughs> oh man, that's why you pay the big bucks, folks. <laughs> listen, listen to that stuff. So most jump behind the three inches of bulletproof because glass. I'm TV guy. I'm behind three inches of bulletproof glass. Do your worst. All right. No, stay out of there. Stay out of there. Oh, good God, no. Oh, goodbye, student loan payments. <laughs> Come back here, you stinking... Hey, I wonder how much air is in here. <sighs> what I like here, when he's still in the money and Mo's flicking the light, Barney is looking around confused at the light flicking in the background. Did you notice oh, that? no, I didn't Barney's that. going like, hmm, what, yeah. why is the light flicking? I, yeah. love, I love the flicking of the light. Just yeah. an act of desperation. Oh, yeah. oh dear God, no! Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing you can do. But you can't get back out from the glass, though? Apparently not. Apparently not. Anyway, so that's it's a panic room that is only enterable from the outside. Passes out. Come back from commercial, and we get the classic that's Chalmers. An, that's an underrated thriller, by the way, Panic Room. Just throw that out there. Jodie Foster? Yeah, Jodie Foster, Forrest Whitaker. That's all right. And I think if you'll find a young Dakota Fanning. Young Dakota Fanning was in everything from like 1998 to 2002. Yeah. 2005. War of the Worlds was sort of the last one I can remember her being. She was a bit older by that That was point. the last time she was young Dakota got, Fanning. Yeah, she got too old. Yeah. Then, she got too old too quick. Yeah, then she was in uh, something. She was in that movie about the... the, the something about water? No, but the... the oh, the water dragon or whatever. But the um the one about the bands. Like, uh, fuck, who's that really classic sings I Love Rock and Roll? Joan Jett. Yeah, the Joan Jett movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was in that. Anyway, so back to The Simpsons. We get the classic Chalmers and Skinner steam hand. Oh, Hampton. shit, it was Kristen Stewart. Yeah, she was in the Joan Jett one. No, Kristen Stewart was in Panic Room. Ah, well, she was in the Joan Jett thing, I think. <laughs> 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 All right, sorry. I haven't even got any notes here, basically. It's just everyone knows the steamed hand segment. Yeah, I can't, all, all I can't I wrote, play the whole clip, but it's just... All I wrote was steamed hands, exclamation mark. One of my, I think this is my favourite line in the whole episode. Just the fact that Chalmers is just talking calmly in the... Yes, I should be. Good Lord, what is happening in there? Aurora Borealis. Yeah. <laughs> Straight away. I love how yeah how quickly that is. Yeah. <laughs> Aurora Borealis. It's, it's a reflex. It's just... It's like he starts saying the word. You get the... Arr, and then his brain's gone, oh, what am I doing here? And he slows down just a tiny bit. Yes. Aurora Borealis. <laughs> <laughs> and Chalmers doesn't buy it. And all of a sudden, I, I see it. And with Chalmers, it's I love his hesitation. 
Aurora Borealis. Yes. <laughs> that initial uh, is so crucial to selling that line. I never remembered how many times, I realized how many times that Skinner said yes yeah. in this scene. He says it like three or four times, yeah. just like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. May I see it? No. No. <laughs> so, uh, that, what else can we say about that scene? Obviously, it's classic meme. P- people in the meme world of The Simpsons just love that scene for some reason. Well, it's, it's Anything steamed hands related just it's one, my, it's one of my favourite scenes that The Simpsons have ever written. You know what it, What I like is that it, it's one of the few scenes that it's nothing but an extended conversation. Yeah. Nothing's happening. Nothing's important. It's just a good lie. There's no plot. Well. It's just conversation back and forth and it's hilarious. I think it's funny because you could always put yourself in that situation. Anyone could put themselves in that situation where you've promised to cook dinner. You've ruined it. Not that you've ever done this because you're a professional cook. You know you know what you're doing. <laughs> but if you'd ruined dinner, what would you do if you'd promised this awesome dinner for somebody? They come over and you've realized it's burnt and they hadn't realized it yet. Yeah. How would you cover it up? What time of the evening is it? Same time as this, whatever this is at. Lunchtime. Lunchtime. Throw some snacks at them and race out the door to find something else that I could make. Get some steamed hands. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever done it. I reckon I ruined a risotto once. It was like the second time I made it. Um, but I, I had can a- sense you just being infuriated with yourself if you ruined yeah. a meal. Well, when I say ruined... And you dwell on it too. I I say ruined, two, at least two days, you'd be dwelling on it. I had a taste and oh, I was like... I knew I should have put 45 grams of cheese and not 50. <laughs> I had a taste <laughs> and just went... Oh. Well, that's okay. <laughs> so, like, it was more that I'd promised them the best risotto they've ever had, and it turned out to be just risotto. It's the worst when you but I think when you um, feel like you're cooking a good meal and you feel like it's going to taste amazing. Yeah, and just ugh, it's not bad, but it's like. Yeah. Uh, so I I just reverted as poxy as this is to some um, toasted cheese sandwiches, but I like knocked them out of the park. I had like three different types of cheese in there. <laughs> Um, which is like I'm, I'm, sit 64 back. slices I'm going to give you The best toasted cheese sandwich You've ever had in your life It was like the toasted Cheese sandwich from Chef They're still talking about that shit Yeah They should be <laughs> they're, they're probably still processing it To be perfectly honest So Then obviously the house burns down For Skinner Seymour The house is on fire No mother It's just the northern lights Well Seymour You are an odd fellow But I must say You steam a good ham The way they animate Skinner, like, it's fine, but get the fuck out of here because I need to fix this situation, you yep. know what I mean? And then the fire truck goes past, and that's where we get to the Homer scene, the newspaper. Mm. And Helms calls for donut tax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maggie then gets trapped. You, you know, that's a funny joke in 1996. 95 that, it would have been written. That very nearly happened. Like, when people talked about the obesity epidemic later 2000s, there was talk of putting tax on certain high foods. Really? Let it, yeah. Yet another case of The Simpsons predicting the future. Well, I can't complain with that. It'd be a way of stopping people from eating. No, so it food. wouldn't. How much are cigarettes? People don't stop smoking. It's just, just, just revenue raising. That is true. Why wouldn't they have done it then? Because I think people would crack the shits in a big way. Yeah, They'd be too unpopular. More people eat donuts. Yeah. Anyway, um, my idea had always been that you should be able to cut people off from a restaurant the same way you can cut drunks off from a bar. Yeah. If you're too big, you have the right to just go. Mm, no, I can't serve you that. I'm sorry, Mister. I would agree with that. I would vote yes. Or tables on um. Uh, sorry, vote yes on no fat chicks. Plates on <laughs> plates on treadmills. <laughs> Make them reach for it. Anyway, yeah. so Maggie gets trapped in the newspaper box booth. So it reminds it's not a direct parody, but it reminds me of Dumb and Dumber when he has to raise yeah. money to get more money. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think they're going for a Dumb and Dumber sort of esque parody here? Oh, no, I don't think it's a parody. It's, it's if anything, this is more like a a comic strip come to life. Yeah, like this would have been a three panel strip in something. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I I really like once Homer defrocks Maggie, her little giggle. Yeah, like she's so babyish in yes. that particular moment. She looks really, really cute, and yeah. then just grabs the newspaper, rolls over, she's and not worried. Sort of tucks at all. herself up in a blanket. She can have a good time. But it's yeah, like there's part of her that it's like she knows that it's naughty. Yeah, and yeah. oh well. I just love how cartoonish it is. The fact that why well, I have to stop at the railroad tracks. Yeah. It just, it's yep. so ridiculous, but it's just so funny. You know. Yep. <laughs> then um, the spray cheese that you were talking about before. Yeah, cheesy, cheesy does, does it. it. Yeah, that's not bad. I could, I'm just trying to think if I could come up with anything better than that. But like cheese whiz. That could be your final words, all right? Okay. I'll save it for that. Maggie's just enjoying herself, as we said. Dead beat, dad beat dad. <laughs> is, yeah. the, is the little headline there. And then Homer... Beats dad, I think it was. Beats dad, is it? Okay. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, and then he tries to spray the note. Yeah. The, the dog just eats it. What's the dog supposed to do? You've put cheese whiz on his neck. Well, I would be doing the Lassie same thing. Lassie would have done something. <laughs> 
And then a really cool transition where Homer realized Charlie what he the do. Wonder Dog would have got the would have got that shit sorted. Uh, and he's just pretty much stolen the mailbox and he's put it in Maggie's cot. Yeah, which is what I love. He still like doesn't even have loose change at home to get her out. Apparently, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just he just left her in there. I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, then we get to the scene. That I think is, is this your favorite? The cops at the this is one of my burger. Favorite parody scenes of all time. Yeah, for sure. This is like, a lot of people talk about the episode being a parody of Pulp Fiction. It's really not. No, it's, it's just, just a, one segment. Well, two. This oh, the one story. The, I yeah, guess. I guess yeah. it's the whole plot line. Um, <laughs> hey, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Not because you're a villain. It's just, hey, I know you. Yeah. Stop. We need to exchange exchange. That's almost like shot for shot. Exactly. Well, not almost. That is shot for it's, shot. Exactly it's the Marcel way. Wallace seeing uh, Bruce um, Willis. Bruce. Yeah. Um, I love Bruce's face at that moment too where he's like, yeah. oh, fuck. And Marcel says, I think with a thick shake from memory or a milkshake, just walking across the street and looks, and stops in the middle of the road. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so we're skipping ahead. This is uh, obviously a riff on the Royale with cheese discussion. Yes, yeah. and almost, Done to perfection. Almost word for word. Done to absolute perfection. I, it's, I love the joke that no one's heard of McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But everywhere else, so no one in Springfield, but everywhere else in America. Like that, the... Um, you know, I went to the McDonald's in uh, Shelbyville on Friday night. I'm like, what? Uh, McDonald's restaurant. I uh, I never heard of it either, but uh, they have over 2,000 locations in this state alone. Must have sprung up overnight. You know the funniest thing, though? It's the little differences. Example. Well, at McDonald's, you can buy a Krusty Burger with cheese, right? But they don't call it a Krusty Burger with cheese. Get out. Well, why do they call it? A quarter pounder with cheese. Quarter pounder with cheese? Well, I can picture the cheese, but... Uh... Do they have crusty, partially gelatinated, non-dairy, gum-based beverages? Mm-hmm. They call them shakes. <laughs> shakes. I don't know what you're getting. Brief shout-out to how great the Royale with cheese discussion is in Pulp Fiction, by the way. Yes. Like, they don't call it a quarter, quarter pounder with cheese? Nah, man, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck Royale a quarter pounder is. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that Travolta says Royale. Royale with cheese. You know, you can you can go into a movie theater in Paris and, get a, and buy a beer. I ain't talking an old paper cup. I'm talking about a glass of beer. <laughs> We'll do Pop Fiction one day, a review of it. So this next one we get is the Bumblebee Man. Nothing doesn't really do much for me this scene. I thought it was hilarious. This is great slapstick. I do and I do the like the, that the, the the flashback telling us what it was on his show. I, I do like the fact that it gives you a sort of behind the scenes look into his life. Yeah. Behind it, the I mean Man. the joke is that he's there just as a slapstick comedy goon and that's exactly how he lives. Yeah. Like he gets home, he's like, oy, oy, and then shit starts falling apart left, right and centre. That's, that's funny as hell to me. He just has terrible luck. You know, sorry for the guy. Of all of the things that happened, by the way, um, oh, that's right, the the set, the set that he was on, uh, De Wood Picaro Loco or something. Oh, sorry, his line is, De Wood Picaro Loco, like when the woodpecker starts going nuts attacking his head. But the baseball scene. When yeah. he's standing in the outfield, so calm, just puts his little, I so got confident. this, I got this, and then like a fucking train-sized baseball flattens him. Hilarious. You know that it's great, is because you don't need the English to understand it. Yeah. He's speaking a completely different language, but it's just the well, visual actually, humor. He's not speaking any language. Is that, he's not even speaking Spanish or nothing? No, it's, it's a hodgepodge of, of um, Spanish and, and a few like sort of pseudo-Spanish words to allow oh, okay. English listeners to know what's going on. Ah, uh, okay, fair enough. Like, but, there's some little bit. I think um, Donde Esta Tequila or something along those lines. Where is the tequila? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's some stuff in there that's real, but there's also a, a number of things that just exist for English listeners to be able to follow. So, his wife files for divorce. She's had enough because he's just mm. an absolute dropkick. As we said, the house falls around him. Next is where Snake drives by as she's trying yep. to hitchhike. And he sees Chief Wiggum on the street. Donuts. Hey. I got donuts. So happy, isn't he? <laughs> oh, mate. So hey, I know you. And then runs him over. We're going to swap insurance now, info. Hilarious parody of the visual. A snake in the movie, um, a butch crashes into a fire hydrant. Water goes flying into the air. In the episode, snake drives over a mailbox and mail goes shooting up yeah. in the air. And everyone goes crazy. Just if for anyone's it. got like, why was their mail flying up? That you know, that's all it was. Yep, yep, yep. replacement for water. And they roll. Like, they're fighting around the ground. They even, roll into even homers. after he's been run over. What I like is that Wickham doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah, it's Chase, like, like we need to swap insurances. It's not you're not you're a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I want to make sure this is all works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they go into Herman's military. Looks like the spider got himself a couple of flies. 
So then one of the donuts rolls out of the box and rolls down the drain and we see the reverend walking his dog. The dog sees yep. it floating past. That's it, boy. Do your dirty business. It's by this point, the reverend doesn't hate Flanders, but he'll do all he can to, what's the word? Put him out? Yeah, well, exact. There was some, something satisfying for Reverend having the dog shit on his planet. Exacting, um, in I a guess way, without being him, sinful. It's a release. It's kind of pent up passive aggression about the fact that Ned is always at him. It's the way he's able to punch Flanders in the face without actually punching yeah. him in the face. Yeah, and Flanders just cops it on the chin. He's just, you can tell he's just shattered. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I remember laying Don't in bed one Saturday morning. <laughs> I remember one laying in bed Saturday morning and this old woman walked her dog onto my front lawn and did a big shit right in the middle of it and they just kept on walking. What did the dog do? <laughs> I remember I, as it was doing it, as she was walking off, I banged on the window and she, oh, she would be about I don't know, 50, 50 mm. to 60 years old. I've mm. never seen an old woman run so fast in my <laughs> life. This little dog's just like trying to run after her. It's so great. Anyway, it was worth it. Was worth well, it. You know, the dog's got to go somewhere. But take a bag. <laughs> Do a nature's trip I wouldn't mind so much. The fact that she walked with the dog on the lead onto my front lawn and just sat there. Well, stop calling her with every one of life's little problems. Flanders goes and gets the old snow shovel from Homer and this is where he sees Marge <laughs> with Lisa. Hey, Marge Simpson, still making juice the old-fashioned way? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Lisa. She's got gum in her hair and this is where we get the scene where everyone from Springfield basically just comes into the room. I've written down here as many characters as I could, pay- I could see. Right? Okay. I've got Flanders, Willie, Sea Captain, Otto, Hibbert, Sideshow Mel, Lionel Hutz, Uda, the Goofball, Brockman, Handsome Pete, Mr. Teeny, Lenny, Dr. Colossus, and I don't know what his name is, but he's the school guy who goes, you little freaks. You know, the, the oh, psycho. Yeah, that he guy. was there as well. That's okay. as many characters as I could see, but it's meant to be over the top. It's meant to be stupid. It was funny. Yeah, it was a way of, you know, all the people we couldn't get to. Maybe they were the ones who were meant to have their own stories and this was, this was their way of slipping them into the oh, episode. I, I doubt the goofball was supposed to be there. Like, to an extent, some of them were meant to have their own stories and some of them were just that, well, if we're going to put a few in there, we need to put a lot in there, otherwise the joke doesn't work. Who out of them do you think would have? Hutz obviously did. I reckon that Sea Captain would have got his own one. Um, Lenny. I would have loved to have Lenny. I think we mentioned this on one of the mm. earlier podcasts. It would have been great for Lenny to get his own one. Lenny and Carl. Anyway, cut back from commercial and we get the classic Cletus song. Some vocal memories good, but then again, some vocal like Cletus, the slack jawed yokel. Hey, what's going on on this side? Finds the shoes for branding. Yeah, <laughs> I love seeing him. You might could use these at your job interview. Scuff up the topless dancing runway. <laughs> Back you go to a woman of less discriminating taste. It's it's just great that I can call my mother while I'm up here. Screams, hey, yeah. mom! <laughs> That's so awesome. Transition down the line to the comic book guy's store. Mm-hmm. Ordering extra who cheese. Who knows what, but something with extra cheese. As he would. Probably a pizza. Yes, you would have to assume so. Millhouse runs in. Can I use a toilet? <laughs> no, you may not. <laughs> For paying customers only. <laughs> I love the fact that he's got a Connery photo signed by Roger yeah. Moore. It's worth $150. No, that. that is a rare photo of rare Sean photo. Connery signed by Roger Moore. It is worth $150. <laughs> How great would it be if we actually had that? An actual oh, Sean Connery photo signed by Roger Moore. Who did I try? Oh, what did I do? I remember going to see a gig once and buying an album of like the headline artist and getting the support act to sign it for me. Because <laughs> he couldn't get the headliner. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so like what could I get for 75 cents? It gives him an old Krusty Burger. Um, the, Hamburger The adventure. answer has been filled in. The answer is fried. Yes. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Kurt walks in. He's just cut the shit. You know, yeah. You're going to the bathroom now. I see you buying comic books. Best response ever. Our transaction is completed. You may take the boy. <laughs> so perfect. He's so evil. Yeah, it's just so great. <laughs> just, he's got his money. That's all he gets. It's only 75 cents, mm. but he's got it. It's all, he's happy now. And then we get the transition of the bomb on the in the radioactive man comic to the bomb in yeah. her military yep. antiques. As soon as Zed gets here, the party will begin. Now, Zed is obviously a direct reference yeah. to Pulp Fiction. As blatant as it... Like, yeah. the only time it gets blatant, actually. Yeah, that's Like, it's in Zed. before it's parody, but, like, in this, it's just... Well, this is the line. It, yeah. it was... The other stuff's a Simpsons version of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. That was just Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. Kirk and Milhouse walk in. I like here that Herman, at first, was like, mm, hurry up. Yeah. Had Kirk kept his mouth shut, it would have been fine. Oh, I don't know about that. You don't reckon? Well, you still saw everything. And he still would have been standing there for an uncomfortably long period of time. Yeah, so that's why he did it, didn't he? Yeah. It wasn't so much that he wouldn't shut up. Yeah. 
But then Milhouse saves the day without realizing. Yeah, but knocking him out with a mace. I do like the um, Herman's sort of sly evil grin just before he gets knocked out. Yeah, this is like get in the corner. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm gonna be ready. Just boy. got better. Yeah. <laughs> Milhouse is apologetic. He didn't mean to do it, but Wiggum escapes. Yep. This is where Lisa goes to the hairdresser or the barber. Snippy long stockings. Yes, makes a nice return. I like the barber's voice. Yeah. Want me to cut off the gum or just style it? It reminds me of just that your old barber who, you know, you just got to trust him. He mm. knows what he's doing. He's been doing this his whole life. And she, she, she's questioning him. He's like, I know how precious hair is to a little girl. Like, just leave him be. You'll get the yeah. shit done, you know? You keep squirming. There's going to be a little bald girl with no lollipop. <laughs> just so great. And Lisa obviously loves her new hair. She finally looks like a real person. Great joke about the way the Simpsons are drawn. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Nelson straight away laughs at her. It yep. just deflates her. It was, yep. Puts I her feel, beanie back on. You feel sorry for Lisa there. She felt so happy and then just bang, gone. Nelson just starts laughing at the old woman for tripping over into a bin. So evil. Little yeah. shithead. <laughs> and then he laughs at the tall guy. And this is where it all backfires on him. He chases Nelson. I love the, oh, crud. And then Lisa, nice throwback. Lisa's the one that dobs him in down yeah. the drain. He's down there. And then obviously the tall man says... Do you find something comical about my appearance when I'm driving my automobile? Yeah. Everyone needs to drive a vehicle, even the very tall. This was the largest auto that I could afford. Should I, therefore, be made the subject of fun? I guess so. Would you like it if I laughed at your misfortune? Huh? Maybe we should find out. Hmm. No, March. What I loved about that is that Nelson doesn't get it. He's like, yeah. do you find something funny? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's not lying. Yeah. He's just being honest. At least he's being honest. Well, yeah. What he does here, highly illegal, but it's funny because it's on The Simpsons. Is it illegal to just dack a kid? Dack a kid in public and make him f- that you don't know. What's illegal about that? You can't even ask a kid under 18 a question. I don't think that's true, Dando. You can't take a photo. You can't film. <laughs> I don't think any of that is actually illegal. If you're doing a survey, you can't ask a kid under the age of 18. That's why the telemarketers have to ask if you're 18 or oh, not. You can't sell to a kid under 18. And sometimes they might be excluded from surveys because they only want to talk to adults because adults are the ones that vote. But you, there's, there's no d- law that says you can't ask a child a question. There's certain rules about it. <laughs> there's not. You could say, is your mum home? <laughs> like You can't just not ask them something. I guess so. <laughs> Did you know that in this country you can't even look right. at a boy? You're trying to tell me that if I walked out the front of this house and dacked a fucking kid and made him walk down the public street that I would not get in trouble. Well, people would be upset, but you wouldn't be arrested. You t- you honestly believe that? Do it then. What could you be arrested I'd for? Do it. There's nothing that you've done that's a prank. Dropping a kid's pants? His uh- underwear's still up. He's not nude. I dare you to try it and see what happens. I've done it to, like when I was of age. I did it to my friends all the time. I've done it to a ten-year-old kid. If, if when I was ten, I would have. No, no, no. When you're a grown adult, you've done it to a ten-year-old kid. I haven't done it as a grown adult. That's the thing. He's an kid. adult doing it to a ten-year-old child. It doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure it does. It dude. doesn't matter against the child's will. It's virtually rape. It's not even close. Why? Because it's not sexual in any way. You're dropping the kid's pants. For humiliation, not for sex. The kid is being forced to have his pants down in public because you're making him against his own will. Yeah. That's legal, is it? I don't think it's illegal. I would like to know this. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. <laughs> I refuse to stand down. I believe it's legal. Find a law that it breaks. I, I dare... All right. We're going to get... While I'm there's, away, you've got nothing. seven weeks. Do it. Film it. And let me know how you end up. There's nothing... There's, there's, no one would have ever written a law that says you can't do that. We'll, we'll soon see. We'll soon see. <laughs> if, we'll, we'll try it when we get back. If it was a law, then you wouldn't be able to change a kid's nappy in public. If it's your own child. How do they know it's not my child that I've dacked and forced no, down the I'm street? I'm not saying if, if it isn't your own child. I'm not but, saying, oh, how do they know? I'm just saying if you literally did it to a child that wasn't your own and you made them against their own will, pull down their pants, or you pulled down their pants and then told them to walk down the street crying. You're a bully, but you know... You're not going to go to jail for it. You would get arrested and fined for harassment, at least. And a restraining order. <laughs> well, they've got to submit the restraining order. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's get back to the episode. So basically, which, which they can't do because the police apparently wouldn't be allowed to question them based on their age. Everyone laughs. <laughs> everyone laughs at uh, Nelson. He gets his comeuppance. And, and then he gets squared in the eye by, by, with the sauce by Mark Milhouse. Nice way of making the episode full circle. Yep. But as you said, it's sort of 
makes no sense because Millhouse, as you said, even Millhouse is at the... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. logistically it doesn't work. Yeah, but anyway, it ties the episode up nice. I liked it. I did like the way they ended it with Professor Frink not being yeah. able to get his story in. Yeah. What, what, what steals the glasses off his head? The monkey or monkey? something? Monkey? Yeah, something like that. Explosion at the lab. The tomfoolery of Professor Frink. We missed out on it, but anyway. I even wrote my own jingle. Professor Frink, Professor Frink, make you laugh, make you think. And then he fucks it up. Yep. So, what are your final thoughts on the episode? I It's my favorite episode of all time. Can't explain it. I think it's just the uniqueness of it. I just think everything is so funny. Everything's so on point because it's so short and sweet. I just love it. Absolutely love it. Look, I, I think it's a funny episode. Um, it's not in my top 10 favorite, but I think That's it's fine. a very funny episode. Yeah. I can understand why people would love it as much as so many people do. Like, like most of the one around standalone. Yeah, yeah, like if you don't want to think and you just want to sit down and it does showcase a lot of great stuff. It showcases some of their parody skills. It showcases some of their hilarious writing skills just with back and forth and all that sort of thing. So there's a lot in there that it does very, very well. I think it's also because you get so many stories from sub-characters who up to that point hadn't really had many episodes based around yeah. them. Just, yeah, know. there's a lot about that that's good. Yeah. But it's just... I don't know. For me, it's the difference between sitting down and eating a bag of twisties versus eating a, a you know, a, a proper meal. Like it's it's because they're all so small for me. While that in, definitely makes the episode work and the comedy's great, it's just a little bit less satisfying as a whole. Um, for me, I don't know that it all adds up to the sum of its parts. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Um, five minutes more than enough time. That is true. Mm. You can eat a tofu dog. You can smash down some drinks. You can... You can well, she was untouchable, so... <laughs> according to a poo. Well, I learned that peanut butter certainly does not get gum out of your hair, especially with mayonnaise. Yeah, no. Don't try that. <laughs> Nor does um, a hammer. <laughs> freezing it. In a, yeah, freezing uh, it. I, actually, we didn't talk about it. I love Ned's line. Of, I think I'm just mushing more of it in. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's admitting failure. Yeah. <laughs> So, since this is a premium review, we have no mailbag we this week, We have no Mitch. mailbag this week. Short and sweet. But uh, thank you all for pledging the $2 or more to hear this. It's, oh man, over $700 at the moment. It's fantastic. Mm. We can't express our, like, just gratitude to you guys. Just unbelievable yeah. support we've been getting for the last month. It was like three weeks to a month. Uh, yeah, well, at the time of recording, about yeah. three and a half weeks. Keep telling your friends about the show. Like, We just absolutely love the fact that you guys are enjoying it. Still getting new listeners contacting us each yeah, and every week. That. It's just fantastic. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. You'd love to hear from you guys. I'm going to be on my holiday as you're listening to this. So I'm as we're recording this, I'm two days away from leaving. We'd love to read some emails whilst I'm on my holiday. So mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. And I'm going to be in the States for four weeks up to December 23rd, 24th. So if you're in the area of, say, New York or LA or whatever, let's... Let me know and we'll meet up for a beer. Should be good. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? I'm trying to come up with another cheese name ever since you told oh, yes. me that that yeah, was yeah, going yeah. to be my job. How are you going? Um, it's, I'm doing that thing where every time I think of a different pun, I just think Cheesy does it. And I'm struggling to get my brain to not focus on what's already been said. Um, cheesy Squeezy? No, no, I've, I've got to avoid Cheesy. Okay. Because Cheesy's been done. I do have a flight ah, to catch. hang on. <laughs> Can and burr because it's in a can. <sighs> it's all right. What do you want me to do? I'm I'm on the spot. It, it's 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 okay. But I've heard better from you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard better from myself. Um, what else? Do you want to leave the there? premium listeners with that? No, that joke wasn't very good. I'm leaving you <laughs> ten more seconds to think of something. So quick. You got ten seconds, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Can you give Bree more time? Nope. Nope. <laughs> the look on your face. Nope. We're done. See you guys later. <laughs>